0: Welcome to the Community Corner, the podcast powered by Bevy. I'm your host, Beth McIntyre. In this show, I interview community builders from all spaces in the industry. Stay tuned for actionable strategies to learn and community stories to love, all in 15 minutes. I'm excited to have my next guest, Jan DeBreeze, who is Senior Community Engagement Manager at Mendix. Today, Jan talks about the distributed events community he runs for their developer community. He shares how he finds leaders, how he sets them up for success in leading their own chapter, and how he measures and tracks the success of the program. Welcome to the Community Corner, Jan. It's lovely to have you with me today.
1: I'm happy to be here. Thank you for the invitation.
0: So let's dive in. First, can you describe what Mendix is and what exactly it is that you do in your role?
1: Yes, Mendix is an application development platform. We're positioned in a market called low code, and we make it easy for people to create apps because we make it visually easy to do. And uh, so you don't have to write code all day, you can just drag and drop, and that makes it much more accessible and easy, faster to build applications. And uh, as a software company, We have a large community of developers who use our platform to build those applications, and that's where I come in. So as a community manager, I make sure that these people have the content, the tools, and everything they need to be successful on the platform and hopefully take away any reason for them to not use our platform
0: awesome and part of your community programming is meetups right so tell us more about the meetups program how do you find members of your community to lead these groups how did this meetups program kind of come to be
1: yeah it's a good question so one of the many activities that we do is meetups and we think it's really important for people to connect with each other not just digitally but also in person so of course. you know, last two years have been a, a little bit different, but we've made do. But what's most important for us is that we we built out this program, not just for us to organize it, but the eventual goal of having se- a self-organizing community. So we start out by organizing it ourselves and setting the example and asking people, what do you want to hear? What do you want to learn about? And then organizing that. Step two is organizing it together with key people in the community, finding the people who are passionate, who love the platform, and who want to take on that role and responsibility. And then at some point, we give people the tools and content and guides they need to organize it themselves completely. So that takes us as a company from an organizer to facilitator, basically. And so that's a great way to scale up the community and the content sharing.
0: And you said that you you kind of decide the first part of the chapter. Is it all based on location, like geography? And how do you decide where to start these chapters? Yeah.
1: So initially, we basically follow where the company decides to do business. So initially, that was the Netherlands and the U.S., mostly East Coast to start, And so that's where our customers and our partners uh, start growing and increasing. And that's where we find uh, new developers and new community members who can pick up the baton basically and say, hey, I want to do this for my regional group of developers and and regional people here and and share knowledge there. So, yeah, we're, we're constantly looking at where can we find people who are motivated and passionate about what we do and uh, who are in for uh, leading their own geographical community? Now, of course, with COVID, things changed. So instead of regional chapters, we said, you know what, let's combine everything and we're making everything available online. So everything is available digitally through live sessions and on demand. You know, people still... Planet it in their own time zones, of course. So uh, sometimes you'll have meetups in the morning, my time when they're doing it in Asia or evenings, my time. And then yeah, earlier in the day in, in the US. But overall that's, yeah, it's working out pretty well, actually. There's a lot of demand for it.
0: That's awesome. How cool that I know that when our meetups program went virtual, I went to a lot of events in my own community because for the first time I could, and it was so cool to attend virtual events that our connect hosts were putting on that i would have never never otherwise had a chance to attend
1: yeah absolutely one of the things i love doing and i think is essential as a community manager is to go out there either in person or digitally and see what these people are doing uh, meet these people talk to everyone and really understand what they do on a day-to-day basis and why they're joining these sessions this is really important for us when we started out we said you know what let's just do open sessions anyone can join we'll talk about anything you want to talk about and after about uh, yeah uh, i guess after about a year we really noticed that when we said hey we're going to do a meetup about a specific topic attendance doubled. <laughs> so that was a key indicator for us that, yeah, people like joining, but they also like substance. So we have to make sure that when we organize something, we make sure that people get the most out of their time and investment in the things that they do with us. And growing and scaling up a program like this is really important to make that personal connection, to find the people who are passionate about it and not just you know connect through email, but actually have a call, and meet them in person when you can, right? Of course, if I'm here and there's a person in Thailand, I'd love to fly over, but I don't think my boss yeah. <laughs> is going to uh, <laughs> going to be okay with that. But yeah, when you can do that, because uh, connecting like that is extremely important, and it builds empathy. It's one of the things that I believe is really important: is building empathy with your users, not just faking your interest, but actually being interested and understanding what they're doing on a day-to-day basis.
0: And so you mentioned the idea of passing the baton onto these people who, you know, are passionate and excited. And so how do you find them and or how do you turn casual members into those baton people? How do you make that I guess yeah, how do you identify them?
1: There are a couple of ways that we do that. The first one is internally, we ask our partner teams, our CSM teams, uh, our salespeople, marketing people to identify them because they're in contact with specific accounts on a regular basis. And they can often see like, hey, this person is really technical, is excited about the platform, maybe they're interested. So that's good to know. The second one. Uh, way is through our platform itself. So we can see the activity on our platform, everything they do in our ecosystem. And we have a very comprehensive ecosystem that we've built with our own platform. So that really mm-hmm. helps identify uh, their activity and what they're interested in. And, you know, going out there, meeting people. When you go to one meetup, you you know, sometimes there's a hundred people. And unfortunately, I can't talk to a hundred people, but... When I talk to 10 or 20 people, there's always someone who's interested. And I'm like, hey, that's, you know what? I need to follow up with this person. And so, yeah, I often do. And I give them a call. And uh, sometimes it works out. Sometimes it doesn't. But, yeah. And another way, I guess a fourth way is people actually reach out to me and they say, hey, I've been a user for a long time and I really want to take it to the next level. My business is expanding in this, in this region, and I want to do this and this and this. And I'm like, yes, let's do it. This is that <laughs> The fourth option, that's the optimal option. When someone comes to you and says, hey, I want to do this because they're already motivated. You don't have to spend a lot of time convincing them and all that stuff. Yeah,
0: Awesome. And the idea of Having those one-to-one calls, while it isn't scalable because, you know, that it's not automated, I agree. I think that that's such an important component of a meetup program is talking to the leaders of your chapters, the people who are volunteering their time. Yeah. And getting to know them on that personal kind of like synchronous level to have that first conversation.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And what you also see, especially when you talk about regions, every region has their own users with their own challenges, their own problems to trying to solve. And that's why I think it's really important to have a local community leader who understands that local community because they know best who are the right people to talk to, what kind of knowledge they need. Is it a video? Is it an event? Is it uh, personal guidance? Uh, Whatever it is. So yeah, I I really rely on, on the local meetup leaders to know what's happening in the community.
0: Yeah, makes sense. I mean, you can't be in that many places at once, not only because it's impossible, but also, I mean, I don't speak any other languages. So, like, I can't reach my community in Thailand as much as I too would love if my company would fly me there. And so we've talked about all the wonderful things and how you find your leaders and passionate people. But I would love to hear some like real talk. What are some of the biggest challenges that you've had with this program? And if you have any challenges that you're kind of going through or working through right now?
1: Yeah, I think one of the challenges is, and I think you mentioned it a little bit before, is not just finding these people, but also making sure that we enable them in the right way and instead of just having people say oh yeah i'd love to do an event it's like do you want to do an event or do you want to do this on a long-term basis so it's often trying to get people into the right mindset of let's yeah let's let's talk about this one event but what about the next one and what about other things what about hey do you know other people who might Want to join you. And it's really grooming these people into thinking differently, thinking broader and bigger, because they mostly come to me thinking from their own perspective. And that makes sense, right? Their own company, their own goals. And they want to show the world, like, hey, look at what we did. And I'm trying to make them think about a mindset where they can think, hey, how can I learn? How can I teach people what I know? But how can I help others learn from each other as well? Because that grows the you know the knowledge and the skills in the community, which in turn is good for you as well. And that's a that's a mindset that that you have to to switch. Yeah, for sure.
0: There's so many components to these kinds of programs, these distributed events programs, where you are responsible for the people who are leading the programs. You're responsible for their journey, setting the expectations, training them, making sure that they know what they're doing, and they have all the resources they need but then you're also responsible for the number of events that you're hosting and for how many people are showing up and i don't know maybe there's you're also responsible for how many you know customer renewals based on if they attend the events um, so what are some of the metrics that you actually that you use to measure success with this program
1: yeah it's an excellent question because of course we can create content we can organize events all day but the question is of course how does it add value to the company that's the core question. And for community tying it especially for a B2B community that we have, it's uh, it's notoriously difficult to one-on-one relate this to hey, a company went to an event, oh deal, right? It unfortunately un- I wish it was that easy, but unfortunately it's not. So what we look at is active users on the platform, so monthly active users, we look at what is their activity on the platform? So For example, if we do a live session, a live webinar, or a live build, or something like that, we don't just look at how many people are attending, but we share the project files so that people can download those and build their own apps with those files. So basically, the most important thing there is how many people are downloading those files and how many people are making apps with those files and with those packages. Because the attendance and registration Registration numbers in itself don't really say that much. Of course, we track that, and then we make a report and say, all right, so from these, let's say, 200 people, X number were customers, X number were partners. We had a group of uh, students from this and this university who were really interested in this topic. So they're now teaching this in class, for example. So there are many different ways, and they all tie back to platform activity and engagement on, on the platform that's, uh, yeah, those are the most important things for us. And I mean, there's a million different metrics, of course, for other programs, but yeah, that's for us for the meetups. That's most important. So that's quantitative. And we also collect qualitative feedback. So we do surveys and we ask people personally one-on-one, you know, we collect messages that we get on uh, our community Slack or on LinkedIn or things like that to also show that Here's the excitement that people have about this content.
0: I appreciate that you share those metrics, though, so specifically, because I think that you perfectly illustrated that there is no metric that's like a one size fits all for community, you know, and at CMX, we have a, I have a unique perspective, because people often ask, what is a success metric I should be using? How do I track the success? And it's really not a one size fits all. What? proves value in my community might be completely different than what proves value in yours. So I'm happy that you actually went into the specifics of that. Thank you.
1: Yeah, yeah, you're welcome and and I do think that's a good point that you make. When I talk to other community leaders, even if it's similar tech companies, the goals of of whatever community team uh, is at that company might be completely different, but it might make total sense for that company. And so that's the challenge of course that you have as a community leader as a community manager is you know how to connect the business with your users or your customers and there are a million different ways of doing that right a million different tactics but the question is what is the goal what's your strategy around it to achieve that goal and we can do meetups we can do videos we can host you know all kinds of content and for each individual piece you need to try and measure first of all what what is your goal what do you think this is going to achieve and then make a report like did this achieve what we think it did is there a way that we can even measure this right um i know this is really difficult for a lot of people to hear in community and i know it's going to frustrate a lot of people but if you can't measure the impact of what you do you need to take a little step back and think yes this might be very fun or great or you know intuitively you think this, this we need to do this but you need to be able to prove that it's effective because otherwise you're wasting your your time and your company's time.
0: You know, I think there's a lot of people who are listening who probably needed to hear that. I know I probably needed to hear that. So thank you. <laughs> as much as I didn't want you to say it.
1: <laughs> I hope I you don't have to now... Sc- Uh, scrap three programs now.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I hope not either. Well, I feel like we could talk for longer about the purpose and how to determine that, that, you know, why you're doing this so that you can actually create your success metrics. But there are no limits on the community corner except for our time limit. And we've come to the last question, which is what I ask all my guests, who is a community builder that you would love to grab lunch with?
1: I am going to say uh, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez. Now, and I might not be someone in the U.S., but I've been following her for many years. And I think she's an incredible example of how to lead and inspire people, you know, really connecting with people, going out there and setting the example and telling the truth, being very honest, very direct, and also listening to people. It's so important that we listen to our users, to our community because we might have an idea of what you know what we think they need, but why not just ask them right? And uh, yeah, I think she's she's done incredibly well in I think you call it grassroots movements. Inspiring local leaders to go out there, joining them, supporting them, but eventually putting them in the spotlight and saying, look, this is your person that you need to go to. And that's really inspired me as well to do that in a very similar way. I want to make leaders in our community. You know, we, of course, have an MVP program to do that as well, you know, advocacy and all that. And that's that really ties back to that, inspiring local leaders the way she does.
0: Thank you for sharing, Jan. And thank you so much for making time for me and the Community Corner. It was such a pleasure to have you.
1: Thank you for inviting me. It's been great talking to you.
0: Thank you so much for listening. If you liked the show, please leave a review on Apple Podcasts. If you'd like to learn more about how to create your own community, go to pod.bevy.com. That's pod.bevy.com. This is the Community Corner, and I'm Beth McIntyre.